Why do you have an American accent? <laughs> I'm just pronouncing the letter that's in the word. Like. <laughs> Welcome to the Big Moves Podcast. I'm your host, Devin, and each episode, I have the pleasure of chatting with a special guest about a big move they've made, relocating from the home they knew to live like a local in a brand new place. In the 90s, my whole family moved from Toronto to Australia for a year, and that time really influenced the way I travel, the way I view the world, and the way I define home. So travel along with us every other Wednesday as we explore what inspires us to make big moves, what leads us new places, and what calls us home. That's all here on the Big Moves Podcast. We have a special episode with Big Moose Podcast today in which my year away combines with someone else's time away. So, Glenn, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. How are you this morning? I'm or, up very early. <laughs> yes, it's my evening. It is your morning. Yes, yes. I'm glad we were able to find a time that wasn't too gross for either of us. <laughs> Not too gross is a fun. good way of yeah. putting it. Very good way of putting it. <laughs> That's awesome. So you are currently in what part of Australia? I'm in Melbourne, Australia, uh, which is, for people who don't know, is in the state of Victoria, right down the bottom of the mainland. Yeah, amazing. And did you grow up there? Is that where home was as a kid? Yeah, so I grew up in the uh, town of Geelong, uh, mm-hmm. which you know very well. <laughs> no, uh, it well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I grew up in Geelong. I lived there until I was about... I want to say 21, then moved to Melbourne, uh, which is the big capital city uh, down here, uh, then made a move overseas, and I've since come back, (laughs) and I have since come back, uh, but I'm, yeah, I'm back down in Melbourne. Nice. Um, And did you travel as a kid much? Like, did you kind of get out of Australia, or was that trip your first big time overseas? Uh, No, I hadn't gone on an overseas holiday until I think I was about 20, about 20, I think it was. Yeah, the first time I went to New York City uh, with my uh, dad and my brother, I wasn't technically of legal age yet. Which right, was over very, there, yeah. It <laughs> was a very strange thing when, you know, the legal age down here is 18. Uh, yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's very, it's this very strange literal going backwards in time sort of yeah. sort of feeling. Uh, and then I, uh, and then I actually, the, the next time I went overseas was back to New York, but uh, that time with friends, because I just sort of loved that place so much. Um, and it was the sort of place that I felt like, I, I, I don't know. I'd always sort of felt that, you know, traveling to Europe, I felt like that was an older thing to do when you can appreciate maybe some, parts of it a bit sure. more. Uh, Different kind and, of trip for sure. And, yeah. and and places like Bali weren't really my cup of tea at the time. Uh, so I, yeah, I wanted to go back to New York again. And then as I'm sure we'll get into, yeah, at one point I just decided, hey, let's just <laughs> let's move go there. there. Let's, let's go be there. Yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a big thing. Was, was New York sort of always on your list? Like even as a kid, did you sort of romanticize it because of movies and things like that? Oh, definitely. It was the it was the only place that sort of really appealed to me, um, out, certainly outside of Australia. I mean, a lot. I'm, I don't know about you, but I never really even thought about living anywhere else. It was just it some, was something that seemed appropriately uh, very foreign to me. I didn't. Yeah, right. it was never something that really crossed my radar, even when other people uh, who had moved to Australia, um, you know, experiencing that sort of the reverse of it, yet still didn't really clock much in my mind. But as I got older and older, and yes, as you noted, um, you know, you watch movies and you sort of experience other cultures through that lens. And it it was just somewhere that repeatedly appealed to me. And um, I made many, I'd already... I already knew a lot of people there through my um, sort of my online existence uh, as a as a somewhat awkward uh, closeted 
film nerd uh, who found, <laughs> sure. his, found his little uh, oasis o- online. And so I knew, actually knew a lot of people already. And so it was actually very, uh, it, was a, it was a very seamless, actually, a very seamless decision and a very seamless integration uh, when I eventually did get there. Which is great because it is a very different place. Like having been to New York many times and having lived in your hometown, like it's a very different pace of life. Oh, definitely. Um, And, you know, probably can't be more different. But um, yeah, that's awesome. So before we get into all of the fun that you you had on the trip, um, we're going to do a segment we're calling the Runway Rundown. The Runway Rundown. So are you super early on time or late for flights? For flights, I'm super mm-hmm. early. I like airports. I yeah. li- actually like airports. So I actually <laughs> really don't mind hanging around. Nice. And are you a carry-on only or do you overpack? Overpack. Definitely I- overpack. And especially when you're going for a longer time, right? You kind of have to have everything. Well, I've actually, I, I, I'm worse when I'm going for a short amount of time. <laughs> because Just I'm like I'm going I'm going to Sydney for a week. I'm going to clearly need thirty t-shirts. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I do the know, same ten... thing. I end up wearing about half of the outfits that I oh, take because it's just totally. you need options. What if Completely. it gets chilly? What if it gets hot? <laughs> Completely unnecessary to take all that much, but I take it anyway. <laughs> What's your guilty pleasure at the airport? Like something you wouldn't sort of do in normal life. Look, I just really like the food courts. Okay. And obviously some airports are better than others. And I just, <laughs> it's, I, I kind of wish I could just go from restaurant to restaurant to restaurant. <laughs> yeah, just sampling I, and having a, having a meal everywhere. Yeah, it's great. I love it. I love it. Do you have like a must-have snack that you get before you get on the plane? No, not really. Um it's more about the food in the airports. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some airports, like, I, my, I think my favourite airport was, is it Charlottesville in North Carolina, perhaps? Yeah, yeah. I had a layover, sense, yeah. I had a layover there, and it was I was there for about maybe two and a half hours, and it was full of, like, amazing southern food and barbecue. <laughs> and I was, yeah. I was like, what is this place? This is amazing. Uh, yeah, American so yeah, airports just, are are definitely up there in all of the things they have to see and do. If you go to Las Vegas, it's like there's casinos in the airports as soon as you get there. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I really, yes, different. I definitely, I just, I enjoy having a proper meal in an airport. I don't know why. I just, nice. I, I find it <laughs> cosmopolitan. No, that's sure, not sure. <laughs> I love it. Are you when you're on the plane? Are you window seat, aisle seat, or middle? Okay, so long haul flight, I would I have to be on the aisle. Uh, absolutely, okay. have to be on the aisle. Uh, short uh, short haul flight, uh, I would prefer the window. So, but it's okay. never the middle. Who, yeah, I know. No one wants who the middle. Is a middle. No one is. I a don't even know why they have a middle. They should just make like a couple rows of <laughs> more yeah. window and aisle. It should it should be four rows of two. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. We should design planes. We know. Yeah. yeah. Is it, are you the like chat to your neighbor kind of seatmate or are you sleeping and leave me alone? I am a glare evilly at people. Person. <laughs> if they start, if they try and talk to me, I am really now you want to have a conversation? No, that's yeah. not happening. No, it's just, so, yeah. sorry. Especially I, on longer <laughs> flights. It's rough. On, it's on rough. long haul flights, sometimes it, it is nice though, you know, if, Everyone, if it's daylight out, everyone is still awake. Uh, sure, it can be. It can be nice to sort of uh, break up the monotony of, you know, bad movies and yeah, not not great food. But no, generally, I'm kind of. I would rather just sort of sit there in relative peace and quiet. Yeah, <laughs> with very hard, same. very hard to do. I know, but when you can get it, it's great. Exactly. Yeah, you gotta. That's gotta be that perfect storm. Um, what's your drink service drink when they come around with the cart? I'm not much of an airplane uh, alcohol consumer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I always kind of worry that it'll just like have some really strange 
uh, bad <laughs> effect on me. Uh, so I tend sure. to I tend to avoid it. Uh, but I may I, I may go a, a gin and tonic if I'm feeling, okay. Nice. If, if, if it's I'm like light like enough. Could, light enough that nothing bad will happen. Yeah. <laughs> Um, are you like pretzels or a cookie? Um, I don't. I don't know. Actually, I, I tend to. I tend to avoid cookies because I'm. A, I'm anaphylactic with tree nuts. Okay. And I can't, and I can't always be. Uh, That's certain. safe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pretzels. <laughs> That's a good choice. I'm, I'm not a big fan of pretzels. Um, so, so you're kind of like I'm good. I, I ate a meal in the airport. <laughs> I tend to be really disappointed when they bring the snacks around and I'm like, oh, no, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> no, I don't want to have they to deal pro- with that, thanks. Yeah, they probably think I'm being extremely picky, but I'm just, I'm doing this for your own benefit. You don't yeah, want exactly. Someone, you don't want something, someone having an allergic reaction on an airplane. It's not. It no, exactly. I I have not a, not a first class story, but I have a business class story uh, that perhaps I can impart on you um, from... Do it. Let's in hear America. It. So this was the second time I'd been there as a on a holiday, not when I was moving there. But uh, we had I was there with a partner and a friend at the time, and we had gone from New York to LA. We were going home, and I started to feel unwell. And then mm. when we got on the plane in LA to go to Melbourne, I asked if because uh, it was a pretty quiet flight, I was like, I asked if I could move towards the back of the plane because I just wasn't feeling very well and it'd be nice to be quiet and, the, and in yeah. the dark and so I could actually probably sleep. And then they came out and told me they didn't want me on the flight. So oh, no! Because if, because uh, there's nowhere to land <laughs> if I end oh up gosh. collapsing. Uh, so they took me off the flight. No! Uh, my friends... My friends had to stay on the flight and go back to Melbourne. Uh, I got <laughs> so they left got, sick you alone in LA. Yeah, so they drove, they drove me across the tarmac. They put me up in the Hilton, <laughs> which was nice. And nice, then yeah. in the airport the next day, when waiting to get onto the flight home by myself, uh, the guy who had taken me off the plane the night before he came over and he gave he told me that he was uh, offering me a business class seat. <laughs> uh, which, so I was like, okay, sure. That's Oh great. my gosh. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, look, I have thought about doing it again. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it. There are worse ways to, you know, if you can delay yourself a day, why not? Why not? <laughs> but no, I have, I haven't been game enough to, to experiment with that, uh, with that again. And That's to be so honest, funny. I would, I would, I would rather, I would rather travel in, uh, in coach, uh, then be extremely ill. Anyway. Yeah, that's fair. It's not the most fun. Uh, yeah, no, I, it wasn't. Was... It, it it wasn't quite wasted on me, but I did spend about two thirds of the flight home asleep. So yeah, yeah, didn't quite not... get as much out of business class as I would have liked. Yeah, and I've never VIP been back. Treatment. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> That's good though. I like I I like that he kind of redeemed himself. Like, okay, yeah. you're back. You must not be yeah. too sick. Fine, we'll good. give you yeah. this seat. And what is your preferred in-flight entertainment? Are you like, oh, do you watch things, read things, listen to things? Uh, I watch movies with <laughs> brief interludes for reading uh, when nice. my eyes are too uh, are too sore from watching mediocre movies that I yeah. skipped. Like. Yeah. You know, eight months earlier, I'm like, do I really want to watch that Cameron Diaz movie that came out? Yeah, okay, I'll, yeah. Do, that on a, I'll do that on the plane. Yeah. yeah, it's movies you don't want to have to pay for and maybe don't want to admit you're watching, yeah. but <laughs> when it's yeah. there, why not? Yeah. I also I also have a – I'm really good at falling asleep uh, okay. on planes. Okay, nice. So uh, I, I, I have a leg up in that sense that I can, I can – I've fallen asleep during takeoff before. Oh man, so, that must be nice. <laughs> it can it's it can be. Let me tell you, it can be. Good to have the option for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so that's you as a traveler. Now we're gonna go to New York. So you moved. If you can set the scene a little bit for us, what you know, what year was it? How did you decide? Where were you in life? All of those good things. 
Yeah, so it was 2012. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, yes, it was 2012. Uh, I had I was living in Melbourne and I was working in retail and hospitality and I had a great flatmate at the time, but pretty much everything else in my life felt like a like in a very serious rut and I didn't yep. quite know what to do with it. I didn't know what I wanted to do work-wise. Uh, did I want to go to school? Uh, what was I going to study with what money? I, I, I sort of just had no direction of where I wanted to go, let alone where I was going. And yep. then I had a particularly bad day at work where I was doing the shift of three different people in one shift and I, when I got home, I just sort of, I, I call it like a bit, I have like a, a mini breakdown. I was just sure, so, yeah. I, what was, what was going on? This was terrible. And so I was, I was lying in bed and I was on my phone and I was even back then scrolling through Twitter. Nice. And <laughs> somebody who I knew virtually I'd, I'd never actually met them in, in person but just someone that I had a minor acquaintance with online I was like I saw that I saw them and I was like wait that person has moved to New York what did they do and so I sent them a message and then they sort of told me a few things about what the deal was and it was basically that night then that I decided okay that that nice. is what I want to do. And so yeah. I investigated it and it turns out that journalists, there is a journalist visa okay. that is actually very rare. Not many people apply for it. So it's actually very easy to get, but you sort of, you really need to prove that you have, that you are going there sort of to be a foreign correspondent. That's, I think okay. that's sort of why it's a bit easier to get, but also why so few people actually go for it because you need to be able to prove that you have work in Australia that you need to go to America to actually perform. So yeah, so it's very sort of specialized. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so I uh, so I am I've been doing freelance uh, film criticism and film journalism for a while. Um, it yeah. was just sort of a hobby that I wanted to make a career, but it's. It's not exactly, it's certainly not now and not even back then. It's not exactly a uh, thriving industry. So <laughs> I wasn't quite yeah. sure what to do, but I had a few editors who agreed to, you know, write uh, write letters to say, yeah, he'll be going over there because he'll have access. It'll be great. And I got the <laughs> visa and I got the visa and I was like, oh, wow. That's amazing. Okay. So I worked for six months and saved up some money so that, you know, I had something uh for when I eventually got there and yeah and then in 2013 got on a flight from Melbourne uh went to San Francisco first and hung out with uh a friend that I have there and slowly integrated myself into American culture and then yeah got on a plane to New York and that was that it was from it really was kind of so easy like I'd expected it to be much much harder but I also wasn't going over there you know I wasn't taking my life I was taking two suitcases that right that was pretty much it so I was literally just like yeah picking up my bags and leaving which is still a very bold thing to do I think it's interesting too because I think a lot of the time uh the reason so many Canadians go to Australia and maybe vice versa is because within the Commonwealth, it's pretty easy to get those visas. Right. But going to the U S is a little bit of a different beast, but that's cool that you were able to get that. Was it, was it, did it have an end date? Like was, was a visa for a certain amount of time? No, well, it's a five, five year visa. Uh, I wasn't there. I wasn't there for five years, but like, uh, just going back to that last point yet, it's Mm -hmm. even, I can't sort of believe that I, (laughs) <laughs> that's like I'm not yeah. exactly a a risk taker in life. Yeah, <laughs> like I could. Sure. I've al- I've always said I could never be like a lawyer or a doctor because I would be too. I'd be like, is this what you want me to do? This, <laughs> and this, I'm gonna do it. 
I'm going to do, and then by the time I would do something, someone would like be lying on the table dead. So I'm just not, <laughs> I'm not particularly a risk of uh, a risk taker. And so the fact that I, yeah, wasn't even, move, I wasn't moving to London, which, you know, a lot of Australians do or, or Canada, which not as many do, but quite a few, yeah. um, quite, a, quite a few do move there, as you said. And yeah, I was moving to New York, which is like the, craziest place you could possibly think to move to Americans would say the greatest city on earth yeah that's that's kind of awesome and you said it was pretty seamless transition what was um what was it like you know obviously you know you were like you said you were going knowing you were going to live there so did you sort of hit all the touristy things or had you done that previously and you wanted to just get there and be there and feel like a local kind of thing yeah I was lucky in that I'd already been there a couple of times so I didn't need to do the Statue of Liberty and I didn't need to do uh, the Empire State Building. But then yeah. also when you haven't been around those things, like for, you know, as, as just an everyday thing, you do still, I did still find myself like, I kind of want to just walk across, you know, the Brooklyn Bridge. I do just yeah. want to go down to Battery Park. I do, like, you, you yeah. want to do those things and sort of, and, and to sort of, get into the city and then yeah. you know after the first even just like the first month or so it's definitely already felt like I was doing things and going places that uh that were not just new but which was aren't the sort of things that a typical tourist would be doing and so I actually yeah I yeah. sort of feel like I landed in the city quite uh quite well yeah which is, yeah, I mean, New York is so huge too. Like I've been, I think seven or eight times and I still, there's things I haven't seen. Right. So you can never really hit all of the oh, points yeah, I, that you I, want to. I, I still, I still had things I wanted to do and places I wanted to go in the city, let alone in yeah. America more broadly. But, you know, maybe that'll be for another time in the future. Exactly. And where did you end up living? Did you sort of work that out ahead of time or did you find a place once you got there? Yeah, so I, so like I said before, I already knew a bunch of people there, so that really allowed me to uh, have the time to settle, and so I yep. landed in at JFK. I uh, got the that blue shuttle bus uh, that they have yeah. <laughs> over there. I got that into the city, and I met my I met a friend of mine, Jason. He was he works on Manhattan, and he lives in. Uh, Washington Heights and I was crashing okay. in his spare room for like for a week and then after nice. there I, I went to a friend I uh, crashed on the couch of a friend in Astoria and then I went nice. and crashed on the couch of a friend in uh, <laughs> in Harlem and then I had a friend who I was crashing at their place and he's like oh hey I'm moving out do you oh, want my okay. And I was oh my like, gosh. yeah, and literally, <laughs> literally that day I had been on the subway and there were these two girls, they had American accents, so I'm assuming they were locals, but these two girls were talking about how they'd been looking for an apartment and it had been six months and they uh. hadn't found anything. And here I was <laughs> an hour later being like, I found a place. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. I just sort of fell backwards into like this really great apartment with some really great flatmates and it was remarkably well priced for what I had assumed I would be paying in New York I wasn't living by myself which you know that's sort of the dream you have sure uh, when you know I'm gonna live in New York City it's you know have this great apartment blah 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 but you know obviously that was never gonna be the case but ultimately yeah I landed in a really great space in Astoria um, yeah. apparently on the most culturally diverse street in all of the five boroughs. I don't know if it's true, but some people say it. So um, I, I, I've gone with it. Yeah, it's a good line to have. That's awesome. Yeah. And did it sort of, I think you kind of set yourself up for success in a lot of ways in that, you know, you were on a specialty sort of visa doing some work. You did have a little bit of work. You also knew people going in. You're going somewhere, you speak the language and somewhere you'd visited before, which I think is all key because I, you know, it's harder when you're moving somewhere and have to learn how to speak a whole different language or completely adjust. But I think for you, the biggest thing was probably going from a smallish town. I guess you had lived in Melbourne by then, but going to a big city, right? That was probably one of the bigger 
bigger adjustments. <laughs> yeah, like I had lived in Melbourne for for many years by that stage, but even Melbourne yeah. isn't. Yeah. You know, you could <laughs> you could fit a lot of Melbournes into New York City, so it yeah. is a, it's it's a it's still a very big culture shock. But yeah. yeah, like you said, I mean, yeah, I already knew some people. I kind of had some work lined up, so I knew I was at least going to have some money coming in. Yeah. And which is ultimately the most important thing because uh you that of all the cities in the world, that's the one you can't really just uh hope that a job will come along. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's not, not a, the cost of living is very different, even from Toronto, which tends to be sort of what people equate to New York in some ways, right? Or it plays New York in movies a lot, put it that way. Uh, but it's still very different. Like it can be overwhelming. I remember I was there one year over Christmas and it, even on Christmas day, like it was so busy. I had never seen so many people out on the streets. I thought it would be quiet. They'd be with their families. No, it's still New yeah, York. Yeah, I remember my first, my first Christmas in New York, I was, it was kind of crazy because uh, a friend and I went to Flushing uh, in Queens yeah. and we, you know, to go out for dumplings. And it's like, this is, is it this Christmas day? Aren't all these people meant to be at home? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then like, you know, cause I mean, growing up in Geelong, you don't necessarily yeah. have a, a large Jewish population or a large, yeah. certainly back then. So there was, certainly wasn't a large uh, international population that I remember seeing. And so, yeah. yeah, you move to this city and it's Christmas day and everyone is just out and about as if it's like nothing special. Yeah. Which, you know, for any, a lot of people, it's any not. Monday, yeah. yeah. Which, which, yeah, which yeah. is great. And did you, did you uh, ever do, like, obviously you were there for New Year's. Did you do, like, the big Times Square thing with everyone in the world? <laughs> or did you kind of keep to yourself for those holidays? One of the aspects of my freelancing work when I was there was that it involved having to go to Times Square quite a bit because I was doing a bit of film journalism and film criticism and a lot of the... Uh, public the publicity firms and a lot of the distributors would hold screenings in the AMC 25 and the Regal. Yeah. And <laughs> it was sort of, I kind of figured out very quickly that it was not really a fun place to hang out. Yeah. There was like, yeah. It's, there was it's, a real, there was a very... really great, uh, deli, like sort of on a side street on, I think East 45th that did a really great, bagel that I would uh, I would kind of sidetrack to to Times Square like every now and then in the morning just to just to grab one on my way to to a screening but otherwise I was trying to avoid Times Square as much as possible just like any other New Yorker yeah exactly yeah you got that part down for sure Um, And that's interesting. So other than the bagel, was there any sort of food that you got really attached to? Like New York has everything you could want. Was there something that you still dream about? (laughs) Wish you could Yeah, look, I mean, being in Melbourne, we're sort of, you know, we're spoiled for choice in in a lot of ways when it comes to food, particularly with uh, with Asian cuisine. Uh, So I, I wasn't really... And I'm not much of a foodie in general, so I wasn't the sort of person who was seeking out all the uh, all these places to go to. But I did find, and I raved about it to every single person at the time and since. If anyone's going there, I tell them to go to this <laughs> place. There, it's a absolutely tiny hole in the wall uh, dumpling and noodle joint in Chinatown. One minute walk from a J stop. Uh, in Chinatown, and it's called Lam Zhao, and they do the best okay. new, uh, the best uh, dumplings I have ever had. Uh, nice. They're like super thin, crispy. They only do one flavor, but they it's you know it's a plate of twelve for like five dollars. Yeah, that's the thing. That kind of food is so inexpensive I, and so delicious. I would find my so I would find myself with forty five minutes to kill, and I would get on a yeah. subway, go down, downtown, <laughs> get off the subway, scoff my face full of dumplings, get back on the subway and go back uptown and then be like, 
where'd you go? It's like, oh, I just went and got a, <laughs> got a snack. Just needed a snack. That's amazing. I love it. And that's, I'm, I'm the same way. When someone is going to New York and asks for recommendations, I, I have so many. Like, I'm like, oh, you have to do this, you have to do this. But one of my favorites is a place. So I, when you were there, living there, I came to New York as well. And we ended up meeting up, which was a fun little reunion. And I made us go for frozen hot chocolate at Serendipity. Yeah, I, <laughs> that is... was a perfect excuse to go to Serendipity <laughs> because I'd never been. It was, it's one of those places, like... Almost like uh, what's the cupcake magnolia cupcakes? You know, it's a, yeah, it's yeah. it's so ingrained in the non-New Yorker's mind. There's somewhere you have to go, yeah. but I was always yeah. reticent to go there because, like, oh, no, I don't want to. I don't want to be a basic <laughs> tourist. I'm not going to be that but, person. But yeah. I'd always kind of wanted to go there. <laughs> yeah. It's, and I mean, I just, uh, yeah, I had no shame. And I was like, no, no, we yeah. got to go. And it was, they're in, insanely I, large. Like it, no one needs to eat that much I food. I genuinely, but. I actually genuinely don't remember them. I may have gone into a sugar coma <laughs> afterwards, perhaps. <laughs> think, yeah, that I'm may sure. be why. But I can't remember if I liked it or not. I mean, they're just a giant bowl cup thing of, you know, ice cream and mocha, like whatever flavor you get. There's even, yeah. they they serve some that are flecked with gold. It's like you can buy, you know, all these celebrities have had these. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. it was, it was a fun night. If the only thing, <laughs> I mean, the only thing I knew about that place was from the movie. I think there was that movie called Serendipity, right? Serendipity. Yeah. yeah and that's, yeah. I think a lot of Australians <laughs> know those sort of places through movies and TVs like Magnolia is because of Sex in the City and so now it's a yeah, thing that's always going to go get a Magnolia cupcake even though it's yeah. one of those things that I don't think the locals ever actually do yeah exactly but yeah and and some of them are super fun but that was a very fun little meetup and we, we ended up we went to like my favorite um, blues club in the village yes. as well which was fun and I may have stolen <laughs> The you glass. and my friend Lisa, who was with us. Yeah, she still has hers. So <laughs> I wish I still yeah. had mine. I don't know where it went. Uh, I think you, I feel like one of you won a t shirt as well. Is that, or did I make that up? No, that sounds about right. I don't think it was. I me, think though. you wrapped the glass in the t shirt. I think that was yes. how we got it. <laughs> yes, we <laughs> did. It's exactly what we did. Oh, so wow. Someone has a t shirt somewhere too. I love it, though. I really, uh, I love that. I love that club. That club, though, that was. That's the sort of stuff that, yeah, you, you, especially if you're moving there by yourself, which I was, um, you, yeah. you don't necessarily, and at the time I wasn't quite as, uh, even though moving to New, New York is quite an extroverted thing to do, I think I'm, I'm yeah. still very much an introvert of a person. And so I don't, I wouldn't necessarily find myself going to a blues club uh yeah by myself and which is why those sort of meetups when we met up it was great because yeah it gave me an excuse to go to not only a blues club at, you know at night and that sort of thing but also go to a place like serendipity which i also would yeah. go to because i i feel like <laughs> i feel like such an idiot sort of sitting there by myself yeah. with a giant yeah cup exactly of ice cream uh, but <laughs> yeah sometimes you need a, a touristy friend to exactly. come in and yeah, do all no, these definitely, things yeah definitely that's great. But yeah, I love that club. If I send everybody there also. Um, did you have any other friends? Did anybody from home, friends or family come and visit while you were there? I had uh, I had a couple of friends come over uh, in the couple of years while I was there, uh, which was always, it was always great. You know, you get to take them to your favorite bars and your favorite spots. And then uh, my mum and dad came over another time and I met them in, they had gone from, uh, New Orleans, and I met, and they okay. were driving up there from there to St. Louis, St. Louis, St. Louis. Yeah, I don't think I've ever St. Louis, actually, yeah. St. Louis. I've <laughs> never actually been able to figure it out, uh, and that's where I met them. And then we drove up Route sixty six towards Chicago. Nice, was, that's good. So you did you did see some other places I while actually, you were like in the states. I actually yeah. got to see quite a quite a few uh, places. So. Uh, strangely more places than a lot of Americans I uh, yeah I knew that's had, had the been thing to. is 
we're all very bad at traveling within our own countries. And I think that's what this sort of COVID year will maybe make people change, right? Is now you really can only oh, <laughs> travel definitely. within your only country. So it might shift a little bit. Yeah. I mean, they'd be, they'd be fools if they're not already ramping up the, the marketing campaigns yeah, to sell exactly. Australia to Australians or Canadians yeah. to, uh, sorry, Canada to Canadians or America to Americans. They'd be nuts because, yeah. I mean, although, to be honest, looking at the news lately and people are still getting on cruise ships and people are still wanting to go on those long-haul flights overseas. So I don't, maybe maybe I would be really bad at tourism marketing. But <laughs> <laughs> No, I think you'd be good. I think people just are a little crazy. Other than, so obviously you felt very at home knowing people and having having been there and working. Was there anything that took a lot of adjustment? Anything that was felt really different? No, actually. It's like That's surprisingly, I was the, uh, the, the strangest, strange isn't probably the right word, but one of the biggest adjustments was just the accent. A lot of people don't yep. understand it. And so I actually yep. found myself adopting a slight American accent, which I actually still yeah. have to this day sometimes, depending on who I'm talking to. I'm surprised I haven't turned it on a little bit on this podcast. You did say Harlem, and I was like, oh, that um, sounds like you Yeah, it's, I, <laughs> I pronounce, a little more American. I pronounce my R's uh, certainly yeah. much more now than I ever used to, but it just it just became a matter of convenience that I didn't really want sure. to have to repeat myself three or four yeah. times. Do you still use any sort of American phrases? Like, are there any terms that you've picked up that you find yourself using? I found myself going back into a, into the Australian language quite quickly once I yeah. moved back. But yeah, my my main pickup from America was yeah the the pronunciation of the letter R in words. Yeah. Like I just said words and that I wasn't yeah. actually deliberately putting that on. That is just how <laughs> I would say it. And I don't always yeah. say the letter R in words, but see, I, I deliberately didn't put it in that one because obviously <laughs> people can pick up the difference. But I'm also like, you know, there's that letter R is in the word. Why aren't we saying it? So, yeah. And because I have to listen to myself a lot on uh on recordings, whether it be whilst transcribing an interview or, you know, even like I was doing today at work, I was doing closed captions for a presentation that I did at work. And so I had to have to hear myself a lot. And I personally yeah. feel that I, I mumble with, uh, with my <laughs> words. And so I actually feel like that the enunciation of the letter R and stuff like that actually just tries kind of makes myself feel like I'm speaking a bit more articulately. Uh, sure. So, <laughs> you know, oh, it, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a small little thing and a lot of people do pick, pick it up and they go, Oh, why, why, why do you have an American accent? <laughs> like, I'm just pronouncing the letter that's in the word. Like <laughs> it's not that, it's big not that deal. crazy. Yeah. Masks are the newest accessory in all of our wardrobes, and our favorite masks come from Four Seasonal Fun Design. We can't recommend them enough for their comfort and wearability. These two-layer masks come in all sorts of fun patterns, have a soft inner lining, and can be made in both adult and child sizes. They will even work with you to bring unique ideas and custom orders to life. We ordered masks with the podcast logo on them, and they look incredible. The straps are convertible, so can be worn behind the head or behind the ear, depending on where you're headed or how you're feeling. And they've also started making masks using t-shirt material for athletes and dancers, anyone who wants a little less heat held in by their mask. Visit fourseasonalfun.com, that's F-O-U-R seasonalfun.com, or search for Four Seasonal Fun on Facebook and Instagram. They offer tons of other products as well, so make sure to check out their embroidery, fabric, and artwork while you're there. Supporting local makers has never looked so good. The visa was five years. How long did you end up staying and what eventually sort of called you back home? Yeah, so I was there pretty much two years to the day. I think uh, I, I think I arrived on maybe the 15th of March 2013 and I left on maybe the 16th of March 2015. It was kind of crazy. I, <laughs> you know, I, I was running out of money uh, for starters, yeah. you know, uh, but yeah. also... 
back home, my best friend was uh, about to get married. My brother was having a, uh, my brother and his wife were having another child. And so I sort of made a conscious decision that, okay, so I've been here two years. I had come to the city to sort of try and figure out what I actually wanted to do with my life. Like, did I want to be a writer? Did I, like, did I want to actually fully devote myself to that as a career? Or was it just something that I was pursuing because I like movies and I like writing? And so it was, it, was I doing it because it seemed like a natural thing to do? Um, sure. And so I had sort of reached a decision in that. And like, I don't think that is actually what I want to do. I feel like I want to move to something backstage. I kind of decided I really like the idea of working with film festivals, working in the yep. back end of the industry. And so I was like, okay, look, I've run out of money. I've got these kind of big life events happening back home that I didn't want to miss. How about we go home, see what we can actually do with what I've done in the last two years, what I've been able to build and mm-hmm. and try and turn that into a life in Melbourne with all of those people that I that I that I yeah. knew my obviously my family and my friends. And for a while it wasn't catching on, but eventually, you know, sure. you get one gig and then it's like, oh, okay, great. And that's really cool. And then you get another one like, oh, okay. And then it just yeah. sort of builds and builds and builds. And now it's been what, five years since I was there, yeah. which is crazy to think I was only there yeah. for two years <laughs> and I've been back for five. But, and now I'm, you know, I'm, I've am i been in my current work for nearly two years now working uh, for, for the state government doing communications. And it's like, oh, okay, this sort of feels like the place that I wanted to be at this point. Yeah. And while it would have been great to have figured it out maybe, you know, <laughs> 10 years ago and maybe I could be further along in various life goals by, by now sure. if I had, but without sort of that period of confusion in my, uh, in my 20s without moving to New York and sort of discovering that world that is out there and experiencing something very, very different. I wouldn't have yeah. been able to come back and actually have the life that I have now. So yeah, it's so I it ultimately was very much for the better. I had spent I reckon I wished I was still in New York pretty much every day until yeah. until a certain day in 2016 and then I was like, "You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm kind of glad to be back here and building something new I yeah. mi- I miss I I still miss all the friends that I made there like every single day but we still we're still in contact but yeah I think ultimately um I would f- it'd be really strange to live there at the moment and I'm kind of glad yeah. I'm not uh which yeah exactly you know, this year especially, yeah. I think that's key. I think it's it's like you're saying sort of we all, I think, have this idea of what our 20s are going to be like and we're going to be established by this age and we're going to have done this and this and this and it's just not how it happens. But I think when you take a risk like that and when you go somewhere different and kind of do see a different part of the world and literally expand your worldview, right, mm. you do come back home slightly different and maybe in exactly the position you're supposed to be, even if it takes some time to, to get there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really cool. And one of... I mean, when I was in high school, I had actually, I I had looked at doing something similar to what you did. Not a, obviously a whole family exchange, but just a personal exchange. Yep. And I just sort of, you know, I kind of kicked myself that I didn't motivate myself to really it, go yeah. for it back then. And, and yeah, I think I would have really, I would have really enjoyed it. But um, yeah, I just didn't quite have the uh that i guess emotional strength uh sure. bravery risk whatever you want to call it to to yeah uproot myself at that age uh um, yeah i yeah 
So I do, I do sometimes wish I'd done that a little bit earlier, but as they say, you know, everything sort of happens for a reason. And so the place I'm at now, not in, even in just in terms of my job now, but also the, the friends that I have, if I, if I hadn't, you know, if I hadn't moved back when I had and got a certain and been at a certain place at a certain time, I wouldn't have them yeah. and I wouldn't have my life now. And so, you know, ultimately it all, exactly. it all has worked out, uh, ultimately for the best but you know I do still I do still miss uh being able to see my friends and go to all the great you know art house cinemas and those yeah Yeah. hole in the wall dumpling joints and yeah exactly and (laughs) bars are waiting for you my my favorite bars have closed down so that's another reason that I'm like oh okay left at the right time Yeah, exactly. No, I think you're right. And it's like you said, people kind of come into your life at the right time or for different times. And I think places do that as well. Sometimes if you're open to it, which is kind of cool. So have you been back since 2015 or was that the last time you've been there? I haven't. So my, up until last, uh, last year, the start of last year, most of my jobs, most of the work I was doing was contract jobs for events yep. and film festivals and stuff like that. So it never really uh, travel, international travel certainly never fit into that. I had been planning on uh, going back in October for my birthday. Oh, no. I had, I, I was going to, I was going to go to New York. I was going to see my friends there. I was going to go to Boston, which I never got to Boston. I was going to go to Boston and see some friends that were there. And I was going to actually do Canada for a bit yeah. and, and, you know, end up on the other coast and then yeah. Seattle, San Francisco, and then go <laughs> home. It was going to, I was going to take four weeks off work because we're in Australia and you can do that. And <laughs> it was going to be, it was going to be so great. I was going to it was going to be my favorite time of the year in New York as well. It was going to be Halloween. Totally. It was going to be my yeah. 35th birthday. And <laughs> I didn't even have, I, I luckily didn't even have time to book, uh, to even really think about organizing and booking tickets. And then the whole, right. The whole world sort of, well, paused. Yeah. Paused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so yeah probably good to not have had you know seven flights booked within the states at this point yeah, I know. <laughs> but sounds like a great trip when it when it can look, be done it was it was gonna be great it was gonna be great and <laughs> some not- i think you'd love boston i think you'd like boston a lot i think you'd like toronto a lot i'm still trying to get you to come up here for the film festival some year. yeah it's gotta happen. yeah it would be I, I can't believe i never got up there uh when i lived there but also <laughs> i was living when I was in New York, I was trying to live this sort of balance between frugal to yeah. extend my <laughs> amount of time that I could live there as much as humanly possible, as well as yeah. taking advantage of the fact that I lived in New York, bloody city, you know, it's like, exactly. Oh, okay, yeah. no, I will, I'll do that. I won't, yeah. I won't do this. <laughs> so, you know, I, I won't do Toronto. Yeah, those little trips. I yeah. won't do Toronto <laughs> Film Festival, but I will you know, go down to Philly or I will uh, go yeah. over to Seattle uh, for, for, you know, for whatever. And y- yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, you do- can't, you can't go everywhere. You can't yeah. hit all the and places. Then, and it kind of goes to what we were saying before, you know, I wasn't, I'm not, I'm not a foodie. So I didn't really feel like I was missing out by not checking out all the great world-class restaurants, but I was, you sure. know, I was experiencing f- film that, Melbourne and certainly Geelong just doesn't offer, you know, <laughs> repertory theatres and great yeah. underground places that I could, I never would have even thought about and art galleries and just, oh, okay, I've got yeah. an hour to kill. I'm just going to walk around MoMA. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like you, <laughs> what is this life? It's, yeah. it's kind of nuts. You just get on the subway you get off the subway, turn it, you know, twenty minutes later, and you're right outside a gallery or a cinema yeah. or wherever you need to be, and you can just go there. And it's, it, it's, it's still kind of places like MoMA and the uh, Museum of the Moving Image, which was near where I lived. Uh, mm-hmm. All these places, Bam in Brooklyn, like everything was so yeah. accessible, and I was able to experience. So so much of that in my time there that 
even though there's so much I still wanted to do, I still feel like I actually was able to do certainly way more than I would have ever done uh, if I'd stayed in Melbourne for two years working in, you know, exactly. working the bar at the MCG during AFL matches. Yeah. <laughs> So. The MCG, I haven't thought about that in years. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. And, and New York, of all places, like you picked somewhere that is so gigantic and so filled with things. You can never be bored in New York, right? Yeah, you exactly. can walk everywhere. You can and hopefully avoid driving. Like it's just, it's kind of a magical yeah, place. Yeah, and so. I, I am typically more introverted of a person. So there were there would be times where I'd like, I'd, I've done enough <laughs> for the time being. Yeah. I yeah, just, I just sure. need like, yeah. even though, you know, you've got this entire world at your feet. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's almost refreshing to know that, yeah, I can just like, I don't need to do anything this weekend. I, I need to yeah. recharge because it's all still going to be there <laughs> next week. And yeah. because I was, exactly, especially since I was working freelance, it was actually really great because I'd be like, well, it's 12 o'clock on Monday afternoon. I'm going to go out. I'm going I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm go, to I'm gonna go to the movies. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go to the movies to watch a 1970s experimental <laughs> black and white comedy from, like, from Russia. And I'll be like, yeah, that's, that's just a typical day. Like it's it's crazy. Exactly. I, that was that was the sort of that was the thing that I loved most about the city, and yeah, the thing that I miss the miss the most yeah. about it as well. And that's what I why I love um, people who do sort of do these trips where it's you you do go to relocate and you do go to live because then you can have days where that are just down days and right days that are nothing days because you're just living there. Whereas a lot of time when people travel, they try to cram all of the touristy things into three, four days and it's totally overwhelming and you're exhausted and you're grouchy and you're, you know, yeah, it's, it's nice to give yourself that luxury. I've long yeah. said that if I was to ever move back there and I would consider moving back there, although who knows what the city is going to be like yeah, maybe, maybe not in quite a year, yet. let yeah. alone <laughs> five or whatever. But I have said that if I was to move back, I would like to, I would need to have more uh, stability in terms of, work and income sure but I then also don't know if the city quite holds the same appeal if you're you know working yeah eight till five I'm not quite sure what the the typical I'm not sure if it holds the same appeal if you're you know getting up at seven in the morning getting ready for work getting on the subway sitting in an office for eight hours and then yeah going home or going to the gym or whatever and then having eating dinner and like oh I've got now what an hour two hours <laughs> not even yeah, like, exactly yeah does it have does it hold quite the same appeal I don't know Stereo Flavor provides the best live music entertainment in the GTA for weddings, events, private and corporate parties, those big moments that deserve celebrating. They're known for their versatile cover band, which plays a mix of the best songs from so many different genres and eras, and they just made a big move of their own, launching a world music branch, meaning you can add some cultural flavor to your event entertainment. They offer ensembles that play music from a lot of the places we're visiting this season, Eastern Europe, Latin America, Italy, and they also have a fusion collective called Stereo World, which explores what Toronto sounds like. My producer Rich and I have both worked with the Stereo fam for years and can vouch for their professionalism and their ability to get everybody up and moving. Visit stereoflavor.ca, flavor with a U, the Canadian way, and check out at Stereo Flavor on Instagram and Facebook. Is there anywhere else on your bucket list, like a place you're kind of hoping to go once the world is back to some sort of normal? To live or to travel? To live or just to visit. I mean, yeah, I would, the, the, yeah, the somewhat unfortunate side effect of the world as it is now is that I'm finally actually in a place where I can afford to, to travel. <laughs> before, yeah, of course. Before I never actually... <laughs> had the had the means to and so you know yeah. obviously I, I worked for quite a while to earn enough to move to New York to pay for the airfares yeah. to know that I would have you know first month rent and whatever yeah, and, a bit of a buffer. and could live yeah. 
Uh, yeah. But now I actually, you know, I have a, have a job that is reasonably well paid and I could actually go on yeah. a holiday <laughs> and I can't. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, oh, irony. Like, oh yeah. man, although it means my savings account is, is, <laughs> is looking healthy. Yeah. Than and I probably would have otherwise. It's, uh, yeah. Your bank account's happy. But um, I don't know if you find this too. I'm finding during the pandemic, like we're not on curfew lockdown, but we were in sort of isolation for quite a while. And like, I realize how much money I spend going out. <laughs> now I'm like, oh, I can actually live on much less than I was. I have but. discovered how much I spend on completely <laughs> unnecessary things because, and I know this because yeah. I keep, I continue to spend money on completely unnecessary things. Yeah, but you're more aware of it now, yeah. (laughs) Do I need, like, 20 more shirts? No. (laughs) Will I buy them? Yes, I will. Yeah. Business shirts For me, it's scented candles. Like, I used to... (laughs) Where am I going that I'm going to need button-down business shirts? You're not seeing anyone, yeah. But you're wearing a great shirt today. I'm quite enjoying it. It's like a throwback to like VHS yeah. tape shirt. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think it's going to travel is going to look very different after all of this well, for sure. And one of the particularly unfortunate things in Australia about it is that we had only just come out of, I don't know how much you saw about it on the news, but we had just come out of a particularly bad bushfire season. Uh, mm-hmm. which went basically from October through to February. And, you know, the second half, you know, but the second half of summer, I would say, was pretty much a write-off in terms of going out to the beach and that sort of stuff because the city, mm-hmm. the, the cities were clogged with smoke, not just, you know, <laughs> out out there in in the bush or wherever where they where there were fires it was everywhere yeah. and i know a lot of people my myself and my circle of friends included we had like lots of people had made plans that yeah like this winter we'll be able to go down to these to these townships and we'll be able to support them you know you, we can get we can stay in the hotels we can stay in airbnbs and you can go out for lunches and dinners and you can support local communities but now we haven't no one has been able to do that so certainly for those communities yeah. it's just been bad on top of bad and so at least in terms of spending money on unnecessary stuff like candles <laughs> which yeah. which I <laughs> yeah, trust me that's... I have bought my fair share of those as well <laughs> like at least some I try to convince myself that it's because I'm supporting businesses and I'm supporting the economy. Yeah, I follow I'm supporting yeah. the economy. It's but it's mostly I'm just I'm just bored on the laptop. Sometimes you just need a candle. And if you're gonna be home this much, I gotta burn a candle. You gotta. That's yeah, it's so funny. Um that's awesome. Well thank you for talking about this. Is there any other do you have like a, a story you would include in your memoir from your time in New York that you wanna tell us? So like a story that stands out for you? There's so many, but one of the, one of the really great completely accidental things about where, about my time there was that purely by the nature of the industry that I was working in, so film and journalism, it sort of meant that it was much more natural and much easier to find people. Um, So, I mean... I was there when I was 27 through to 29 and it's, it's and I know this even more now that now that I'm older but you know making new friends in a whole new place is can be really hard and yeah. I was extremely lucky that yes I already did know some people but that I was also able to find so many new people just Mm-hmm. simply by going to a screening, going to a film festival. I don't yeah. know. I, I imagine a lot of people who move to a place like New York to go, you know, with a job in, I don't know, a marketing firm or a legal office, it, I imagine it can be particularly hard 
to find friend uh, to find these new friend circles certainly outside of your work your office and so I yeah. was so I, it sort of goes back to that sort of that perfect storm idea of I went I was there at the right time with the right idea of what I wanted to do with my time there and so I found myself amongst like being able to spend the better half of two years completely surrounded by some of the absolute best people that I've ever met and I'm still friends with them to this day which you know is more than I can say for some people that I've uh, met along uh, the way here in Melbourne and yeah yeah it's just it, it, it I'm still yeah I'm still extremely grateful that I was able to make those friends when I did uh, yeah. and you know and just like the like the way that those so many of those friendships built just so organically, it wasn't. I, I, I genuinely, I genuinely don't know how I would how I would have made it through even two years uh, without them. So uh, I guess if any of them are listening, thank you. Yeah, shout <laughs> you, out. You made you made you made you made a sort of awkward Australian feel remarkably <laughs> at home. So uh, no, yeah, it was it was it's it was genuinely the like best years the best time of my life which yeah and I, I know it sounds that sounds very like nostalgic and very um no that's exactly movie, what movie I of think the week is... but I mean but it's kind of yeah. true I mean how not that more people can actually say it now I think it's becoming much more common to move to New York actually uh as hmm. certain again as certain visas become open to people it actually is becoming more common but yeah like we've sort of discussed already people typically move to London or or even Canada and so I sort of I've always felt somewhat unique that I got this very unique one-of-a-kind experience and yeah it was really great yeah yeah I agree people are we've talked about this with a couple other guests like people really make you feel like home right and friends become chosen family and when you're traveling I think when you're sort of the one going to the place people are more apt to sort of embrace you but it can be very isolating and if you don't find the right group of people it's a whole different experience exactly exactly. I'm glad you did I'm glad you found your people and I mean and I mean I live in Melbourne there's a lot of people who have come here uh yeah to to live and I can't imagine doing it again, like in a brand new city, which is why if I was to move somewhere else, it would be New York just because I always feel like I'd be able to fall into a space uh, much more easily, much more easily there. And, you know, in my (coughs) mid thirties now. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I know. How did that happen? It was 1996, five minutes ago. It's disgusting. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That that comfort would, uh, would I think, um, would be yeah would 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 be much uh, easier that's why I think, I mean, it's extra special to be talking to you today. Like it, cause that's such a key, the, our year in Australia, even though I was like very little and it wasn't by my doing, it was just going with the family, but that's it's such a key year for me. Right. Cause it was same thing. Like we felt so at home so quickly. I don't know if you guys like knew ahead that there was like a Canadian kid coming. I don't know how that was established, but we very, we very much felt embraced. And because it was a little sort of smaller town, you know, it just felt like home very quickly. And that's because of the people. And I remember when we got back, obviously the internet wasn't really a thing yet, mm. <laughs> just barely. Um, but then when Facebook came around, it was this magical, like, oh, I can find all these people from Australia yeah. on there. It was very fun to then reconnect. And then seeing you, it was like a very cool thing to to keep coming back up in my life. So. Yeah. I And I remember when the Facebook thing happened and we're like, yeah. oh, friends with Devin Potter. Yeah, cool. And then, <laughs> exactly. and then, and then noticing mutuals that – uh, yeah, that I didn't go to. So we both we have friends who did yep. not go to the same primary school as us. You met them some exactly. other way, and then I made I yep. was became friends with them in high school, and it was yeah strange triangular friendships that are like how did Absolutely. how did you know Devin Potter <laughs> <laughs> and even yeah because we were only there for exactly. a year right so like, it's funny to then think like, yeah you didn't wait, know these people then and then wait the, yeah. the Canadian <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
what? She went to my primary school. It's like, what is, it's, it's kind of wild. It's kind of wild. Yeah. And I, was, and I mean, credit to my parents for that. Like they I think, worked really hard to make sure we were connected. Right. And all different kinds of things like little clubs and little things. And we had a church we went to and all these things. And we were lucky that we, we were the second year that that exchange happened. I don't know if they're still doing it, but so friends of ours had gone down the year before. So we a little bit got the lay of the land from them. And, you know, they had a couple of people in Melbourne that they connected us with. And uh, the people who had been here, obviously, we knew very well. So it, it but it made such a huge difference. Like we felt very at home. We also like our house there was nicer than our house here. Yeah. Like all these things. Yeah, like, you, this is great. I remember I, I went, <laughs> we won't put their names out into the Internet, but I remember who <laughs> the family that you slept with. Yeah, they had them beautiful house. Yeah. I was always envious yeah, of that was, house. <laughs> yeah. It was a pretty great, pretty great year, <laughs> but it's so special. And yeah, seeing like the meetup in New York was so funny, right? Cause it had been, I think probably 15 years by that point. Yeah. It would have probably been. more actually. And now it's been, yeah. Closer would have to, been nearly, you know, nearly 20. Yeah. Ugh, time goes fast. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that, you're yeah, right. And then you were there. It would have been about 15. Yeah, we've, yeah. and now, but now it's been, yeah, like, ugh, I, it's crazy to think, but. Well, I am, a, I am about to celebrate my fifth annual 30th birthday party, so. Nice, I like that. I think that I'm this year just shouldn't age. count. Like, this year we just, we'd go back yeah, and we can celebrate whatever year we want, because it didn't, it didn't matter. It is absolutely That's disgusting. Awesome. <laughs> it feels like I have to say mid, I have to say mid thirties now. I can't get away with early anymore. Definitely not. No, you've crossed that threshold. Sorry. <laughs> if, if I have, so have you. <laughs> we'll enjoy the rest of your Friday and uh, I, I will find some, some throwback photos that we can post <laughs> so people Ooh, can see I am, us as our we, we selves. I'm not looking forward to that, but I will... <laughs> I think I'll, I'll let Suffer I'll let them magic. out. I'll let them out on this <laughs> unique occasion. I'm sure we can find our little cute little uniformed. What what house were you? I was Blue House. Oh, so I think I was too. Okay. I think there was there yeah, was uh, there was, was blue, blue, gold, and red. Wasn't I'm there? pretty sure I was blue, but I could be wrong. I have pictures because my dad, for some reason, came in and did little like portraits of all of the house captains. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. I'd... So there's like little photos of each. I and mean, we must have put them up on a, you know, bullet board or something. Let me tell you, if you saw <laughs> that primary school today, you would be stunned. It is. Oh, no. Like, like when we were there, they were going to close it down because there were so few. Oh. There were so few people. It was very tiny, yeah. But now it's like <laughs> twice the size. It's crazy. That's crazy. I just remember we loved it because so much was sort of outdoors, right? We never yeah. had any like, oh, yeah. walkways outside here, obviously. So it was very felt very Californian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was it, it was a, it was a great little uh, place to grow up. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it definitely holds a little little piece of my heart for sure. Well, thanks, Glenn. This was awesome talking to you. And uh, we will chat again soon. Hopefully meet up in some city someday in the world again. Maybe Toronto next time. Or maybe I'll come back down there. We'll see. Sometime in the future. (laughs) Sometime it'll happen. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you so much. Huge thanks to today's guests for sharing their story with us and to you lovely listeners for joining us. This podcast would not be possible without my producer and audio engineer, Rich, who does so much work behind the scenes and who we will someday convince to have his own segment on the show. All of the music in this episode comes from The Agenda. Al Rowe, Mark Rankin, Will Hebbs, and our very own Rich De Silva. If you liked this episode, please tell your pals, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and leave us a rating or review while you're at it. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Big Moves Podcast, where you'll find bonus content and amazing throwback photos from all of our guests.